Ineffably Yours Part 1 by Secondhand News Chapter 28 Walking on a Dream Read by Celestial Biscuit Club Becky September 2019 The Love Nest, Soho Aziraphale had never had a bedroom before. He'd had places of residence, of course, over the years, but never a bedroom. The shop had a back room with its comfortable armchair and cosy fireplace, and that was the closest he'd ever come. Until now, at least. He meandered through the empty space that would soon be brought to life as their bedroom, which was infinitely more exciting than if it had been his alone. Navigating life as they had been somewhat of a dream, and Aziraphale had caught himself letting things slip that week when he'd got chatting with a visitor who asked if he ran the bookshop alone. Oh no, my partner helps out when we're busy. Just a small lie. A white one. Barely even counted. He's a dog walker. That's nice, dear. She turned back to the book she'd been inspecting, but Aziraphale found himself getting carried away. Moving in together this weekend, he had continued, gently taking the book out of her hand and placing it back on the shelf before she had time to register what was happening. Just got back from a trip to the coast. Devilishly handsome. Let me show you a picture. Hang on one moment. Love's young dream. She had smiled politely, then made a beeline for the door while Aziraphale wrestled with his phone. Angel! At the sound of Crowley's voice echoing in from the hallway, Aziraphale snapped out of his recollection, ducking out of the bedroom and through the empty living room, where the demon sauntered in carrying a large cardboard box overflowing with greenery. Finally! I've been here for hours! Oh wow, you look incredibly excited. Crowley set the box down on the pristine floorboards, dusting his hands down on his thighs a second before the angel barrelled into him. Happy moving day! Our own place, Aziraphale sighed happily, his hands sliding neatly into Crowley's back pockets as they stood at the living room windows and took in the views of Soho's rooftops. It was one of the main selling points, the 12th floor position. Not the tallest building in London by a long stretch, but high enough to give them a prime vantage point. If we're still talking to each other by the time we've finished unpacking, we're the real deal. One of the tests humans use, apparently. Bit late by that point, though. Crowley pressed a kiss to the side of Aziraphale's mouth, glancing down at the pavement outside to watch for the delivery van that was due at any moment. He'd picked up the keys the day before, posted a set through the shop's letterbox and then retreated across London for his last night in the apartment. He'd renewed the lease on it, thought it smart to keep up appearances just in case. By the end of that day, though, it would be an empty shell used for nothing other than business correspondence. Aziraphale had arrived at the flat before dawn, slipping inside the building's lobby, all marble and clean lines, while the rest of London slept. They'd agreed to never enter or leave the building at the same time and had registered all documentation in Aziraphale's name, hoped it would be enough to keep the flat their little secret. Unless, of course, Aziraphale got too excited and accidentally told the entirety of London that he was moving in with a devilishly handsome dog walker. It hadn't taken long to pack the apartment up, not when the plants made up the bulk of Crowley's possessions, and they had come with him in the Bentley, which was, to its joy, parked in its own space in the garage underneath the building. After near enough a century left to fend for itself on London streets, it was feeling particularly spoiled. Here they are, Crowley pointed down to the white van that had just pulled up outside. You stay here, I'll help them bring everything up. Can I do anything to help? Aziraphale called after him, feeling woefully inadequate leaving Crowley to handle everything. Tea, came Crowley's reply. And biscuits. 
By the time Crowley and the removal men came puffing down the hallway, Aziraphale had prepared a mighty spread of tea and biscuits. Three pots of tea, one breakfast, one rose, one peppermint, were happily brewing away while a veritable marketplace of biscuits fought for attention in the elaborate display Aziraphale had assembled. The Bourbons were winning, of course, made of sterner stuff than the custard creams. Aziraphale heard a deep thud from the hallway, accompanied by hissed expletives that sounded remarkably snake-like. I'll take it from here, guys. Thanks. Crowley's voice was tightly polite, his intonation abruptly darkening as soon as the front door closed behind them. Bloody, sodding, pissing thing! Everything all right? Aziraphale poked his head around the door and stretched a hand over the marble statue to pass Crowley a conciliatory biscuit. Ah, I thought that might be tricky to move. More trouble than it's bloody worth. Crowley stood up took a bite of the biscuit and closed his eyes as if it was the most wonderful thing he'd ever tasted. It was only when Aziraphale looked at him again he noticed the sweat on his brow, the dirty palm prints that covered his t-shirt and jeans. Perhaps he hadn't drawn the short straw by having to stay inside. I thought maybe you wouldn't bring it, Aziraphale said lightly, glancing down at the statue and feeling his cheeks flush. You know it makes me... tense. Crowley laughed then, kneeling down to dig his shoulder into the marble demon's armpit and give it a good hard shove. It slid an inch or so across the floorboards. Momentarily admitting defeat, he slumped on the floor and looked up at Aziraphale. Nothing to be embarrassed about, Angel. Piece of art, that. They're fighting. Fighting, Aziraphale raised both eyebrows. Well, I look forward to fighting when everything is unpacked. Where did you even get that thing? It's so... specific. Had it made specially. Crowley paused to try another shove. Three inches this time. Progress. Evil vanquishing over good, or something. I just wanted to see how you'd react, really. Aziraphale tried to think back to the first time he'd laid eyes on the statue. The memory eluded him. It seemed as though the infernal thing had been a fixture in their life for centuries now. And was it as you'd hoped? As I recall, you walked in stared at it for a disconcertingly long time, looked vaguely terrified, and then avoided me for 60 years. And now here we are, shacking up. Crowley slapped the thigh of the marble angel, grinned up at Aziraphale. All worked out in the end, didn't it? I think it looks fine here. Should we just leave it here, where it is, yeah? It's blocking the living room doorway, Crowley. Can't you, you know, lighten the load? Nah, I already used mine this morning. Sent all of London's traffic wardens to St Paul's so the van wouldn't get a ticket. Can you do it for me? He fixed Aziraphale with his best wide-eyed, how could you say no to your ineffable love look? Vanish it back onto the street is what I should do, he muttered, inclining his head sharply to the left and taking a step back as the statue rolled neatly through the doorway and settled itself into a corner. We'll turn it into a coat rack. You can use my wing if you like. Aziraphale counted backwards from three in his head while he waited for the penny to drop in Crowley's mind. The wing. You can use the wings, the unassociated demon's wings. Aziraphale shrugged out of his jacket, draping it gingerly over the marble demon's wings. After careful observation, he nodded, seemingly satisfied. Looks like you're dressed up as me. Best I've ever looked, Crowley laughed, then crossed the room and took Aziraphale's face in his hands meeting him in a kiss that started sweet and deepened as the angel tugged at his jeans to close the last trace of distance between them. 
When they broke apart, it was only for a heartbeat, just long enough for Aziraphale to breathe words into the warm air, eyes fluttering closed as Crowley's lips found his neck. The way I love you has always felt so infinite. I used to think the only way for us to be together was to lose ourselves in the stars. Crowley's voice then, husky and hot against his ear as the demon's fingers tightened in his shirt, pulling him closer. I lost myself to you a long time ago, Angel. <clears throat> it took a polite clearing of the throat and then a pointed cough before <clears throat> Angel or Demon registered the audience of two removal men who were now eyeing the statue in a new light as they carried the sofa through the living room. The clock struck midnight as Crowley and Aziraphale gave up for the night, pledging to finish the arduous task of unpacking the next morning. For now, there was a highbrow dinner of chips and sushi to enjoy, surrounded by cardboard boxes and the heady anticipation of their first night of freedom. The champagne had been unpacked, of course, and Crowley carefully poured out two glasses before collapsing back onto the sofa, exhausted and happy. To domestic bliss! Aziraphale raised his glass and an angel and a demon toasted to their next great adventure. <laughs>